the scenery, like, I always thought that the way that El Salvador was, you know, there weren't a lot of buildings, there was a lot of natural trees, a lot of animals just roaming around freely, but it was still current, it was still modern in a way. But I felt like that was more what God intended the earth to look like, and not as much like the industrialized America. And I thought that was really cool. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church, Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Got summer missions on the mind as we talked with Abigail Wilhite. You may know her from such places as the front row, house left, at the gear for Current Church, or any number of rock shows in the local music scene. Keep in mind as you listen to today's episode that Abigail is 16 years old, and I hope you'll be blessed by her heart for God and her love for others. Before we get into the conversation about Abigail Wilhite and her trip to Central America, let's flash back to a couple Sundays ago and frontman Gene on the mic. Ladies and gentlemen, you are missionaries. We have been called to the mission that is Jesus's mission, the call to mission. Every kid in this room, all the little kids, look up here again. Every kid, look up here. You are missionaries. Missionaries are, it means you've been sent. And do you know where you've been sent? You've been sent to your neighborhood. Do you know where else you've been sent? You've been sent to your school, to the kids in your class. You've been sent to the park. That's where you've been sent. You've been sent to your cousins, your family that doesn't know you. You've been sent to them to speak life. Because you're empowered. You're full of power because of the Holy Spirit. Adults, listen to me. You need the Holy Spirit empowering your life. You need to be full of the Holy Spirit so that you can get your attention off of yourself and onto a lost world. You've been sent on mission. Where you work, those people don't know Jesus. Who will be an example? Who will listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, this is the one, this is the time, this is the moment? Speak, speak. And you might have heard in that clip that the kids were in the room during Gene's preaching. That is because it was the first Sunday of the month. And that means all together. If you haven't yet been to one of the all together gatherings, it's pretty cool. A good chance for the nursery and children's church workers to be in with us, as well as the younger generation. Bit of a shorter service, too, in theory. Uh, before we go any further, let's check in with the Jolly Prophets from the road and get our word of the day. Daniel, what is the word of the day? Enamored. The word of the day is enamored. Enamored. Can you use it in a sentence? I am simply enamored with these stuffed mushrooms. (laughs) That is the word of the day from the Jolly Prophet. And now, something different altogether. 
Hey guys, it's Ashley with the Back Row Beat. What do you think of when you hear the word missions? What comes to mind? I think mostly because I was raised in church that when you hear that word, you think about overseas missions, like other countries, third world countries. For me, I feel like my mission is here behind my chair as a hairstylist, but um, we've supported those that have gone overseas because God has called them to do that. I feel like my dollars are more effective to donate to someone who has a call to do that sort of thing. Daniel. (laughs) Why Daniel? Because that was just the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know why. When I really think of missions that I've had more than a half second to answer, I think of my neighborhood. Okay. How do you see your neighborhood as a mission field? They're the people I see every day, be it in their yard or in their driveway or walking right in front of my house. I can do it right there. When you hear the word missions, what comes to mind? Um, Go the main word that I hear. My mission field would be where my daughter goes to school. Just helping out there wherever needed. I know a lot of parents aren't able to do that because they do work full-time to be able to provide for their families. It is going anywhere, doing anything that furthers the kingdom and tells God's truth to the world. I think being an example. I mean, just being kind to people, talking to friends and, you know, people that you encounter and just sharing that love. From the moment you accept Jesus in your heart, you are going to the mission field. Missions looks like being a comfort to someone when they're hurting. If someone asks for or is in need of food, you give selflessly. When you hear the word missions, what comes to mind? Africa. Why Africa? I don't know. Everyone goes to Africa. It seems like (laughs) also being dirty and hot and sweaty. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And thanks to Ashley and the many participants in the back row beat. Abigail Wilhite is 16 years old. She's headed to Central America for six weeks this summer. This is her story. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you'll pray for her. Thanks for listening. You just told me that all that's been on your mind the last six months was going on this trip this summer to Central America, and never mind that you were in school and had everything else going, but why is this so heavy on your mind? I just don't have, like, I don't feel like anything else is really important to my walk with God except for this trip. Like, I have a really hard time kind of getting close with God and, like, in everyday life, finding ways that I can encounter God. And so this has been like an encouragement to me that I can work towards getting closer with God before this trip. When did you, at what age, you're 16 now, mm-hmm. what age did you start to feel a call for missions? I was 14, almost 15. It was January 2017 when I found out about the El Salvador trip. I was just like really intrigued by the trip. And I never really had an interest in missions before. I was willing to go if I felt called, but I never felt called before. But I could not stop thinking about that trip after I heard that it was announced. So that was last year, right? So you went for a one-week trip last summer to El Salvador. You probably didn't know what to expect. I had no idea what to expect. The whole time I was there, I didn't even know how I got there or like how it had all been orchestrated because God was just so in control of everything. And 
like everything just went by so easily. So I was just so confused as to why I was there, how I was there, but I was cool with it. So you said that was a week. What do you remember from that week specifically? I remember the first day on the missions field, we walked into this elementary school and before we had even crossed the street to get into the school, the kids had seen our t-shirts, our ministry t-shirts, and they knew who we were. And they started like screaming at all their other friends at the school. Like they were so excited that we were there. And they were like telling everyone like King's Castle is here, King's Castle is here. And I walked into the school grounds and this little boy came running up to me and he just gave me the biggest hug ever. And then this girl, this little girl saw him hugging me. So she ran over and she gave me a hug. And they didn't know me. They didn't know what I was going to do or anything. They just saw me and they knew who I was with and they knew what I was going to, you know, do with them and play with them and everything. So they were so excited for that and they just hugged me. So the organization is King's Castle. Yes. I was attending Grace Assemblies of God, their youth group. Mm -hmm. And they said, we're sending a team of kids from our youth group to El Salvador this summer. If you want to participate, you can come attend this meeting and see if it's right for you. And so I did. Were you one of the younger ones on the trip, you know? Yes. I I think I've always been one of the younger ones, but there was a couple kids younger than me. How did you know you were ready at the time you had just turned 15? (laughs) How did you know you were ready to enlist in missions work and and that you weren't too young and that you were, you could be effective and that you were called to that at that age? I didn't, but, (laughs) um, you know, God wasn't telling me no. My mom wasn't telling me no. So I figured that must mean yes. (laughs) We're speaking with Abigail Wilhite. She is headed to Central America for the summer. We won't see her for six weeks at current. She will be going to El Salvador, Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. So last year was a week. Anything about the six-week period that intimidates you? Yes, I won't be able to see my dog for six weeks. And that's going to be really hard because I love my dog. I love my family. I've never been away from them that long. And, you know, I've never been away from anywhere that long. So it's going to be a really different experience. For sure. And we're not sure that you'll have Wi-Fi or be connected. Yeah, I have no idea how I'll be able to contact everyone. Right. So we'll try to track your trip, but I'm sure we'll we'll hear about it when you get back as well. So six weeks, you're leaving June 20th. 20th. So talk to me about the fundraising journey and some of the creativity you've had with that, some of the ideas and how that's gone for you. Well, I started out trying to sell patches like embroidered patches on hats and stuff because that was something I enjoyed doing but um, Bitsy Bawinkle gave me the idea to do parents night out nights where I take care of parents kids and they get to go out and have a date night or go shopping or something and I thought that was a really great idea because I'd be working with kids on this missions trip so what better way to fundraise for the trip than to work with kids Mm -hmm. people took advantage of that right how'd that go They loved it. Every time I did one, the parents came up to me afterwards and they're like, this is a great idea. I'm so glad you did this. How many did you do? Four. About four. You got any funny stories or anecdotes from one of those nights? Well, Elizabeth, Daniel, and Alicia's child asked me why they were here on a Friday night. Where were you doing this? At Current. Oh, at the gear. Okay. Yeah. 
So she asked me why we were at church on a Friday night. And I said, because I need to raise money. And she goes, you don't need money. I was like, I do because I'm going to go out of the country and go tell little kids about Jesus. And she goes, what? (laughs) And she was so confused by that. That was pretty funny. That's great. And she, she should know something about traveling and telling people about Jesus, or she Mm -hmm. will soon for sure. We're speaking with Abigail Wilhite. We're going to take a break. We've got a couple not-so-serious questions for you, so we'll dig into that when we get back. Oh, boy. Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Daniel, Ben Adonai, from He Is Revival Ministries. Our heart is to see the church healthy, whole, and moving in the power of God. We've dedicated our lives as traveling ministers to help support and encourage the church, to help build up the church advance the kingdom and bring a true message of revival. We'd love for you to partner with us in prayer and financially. Connect with us online at heisrevival.com. Click on give to make a monthly recurring donation and keep up with us on facebook.com slash heisrevival. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church. and Glad you found our podcast. Hope you'll find something that you can enjoy and you can take away with you. You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or the podcast or anything that's happening there. Hopefully you'll find out through this time that we're just a family of people that love Jesus and are working it all out from day to day, just trying to figure it out as we go with the Holy Spirit directing us every step of the way. Yeah, we make some mistakes, but I think we're probably doing some stuff right. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at the Gear in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. You can visit our website, currentchurch.net. We're on all the social medias-ish. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin. Facebook slash currentchurch. This is my best radio voice. It's also the only voice I have. Hey, now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Big C, Little C, a podcast ministry of Current Church. Okay, so I know you like music. Yes. You know, you and your sister Grace love going to shows. If you had your dying wish, a one show to put together three bands, who are they? This is going to be a really weird mix, but The Cure, Brockhampton, and Close Your Eyes. And who's headlining? The Cure. Yeah, got to be. So we'll make that happen. We'll host that show with the gear. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> That'll be our fundraiser for you next summer. Sounds like a plan. So you're a 16-year-old uh, junior in high school to be. Yes. And you have this, this call to missions. Do you have, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you have thoughts about long-term missions? Not that six weeks is short, but have you thought, prayed about long? Did you feel that tug yet? I have thought about it because um, in El Salvador, they do have a year-long internship, and you have to be 18 to be eligible. So I've thought about if I turn 18 and I still feel that call to El Salvador or who knows? I mean, there's discipleship training schools with YWAM and stuff like that. So I guess I haven't thought that far ahead because all I know is that this is my calling for right now in the moment. You feel called to children specifically as well? Um, And do you feel a certain tug towards Central America or is that just how it's worked out for you? Yeah, it's mostly how it's worked out. I mean, I was never really interested 
in that kind of culture or that language. Like I took German in language, so I never thought that I would be even interested in that. Like I didn't even know where El Salvador was until I went. So I always thought that I'd go somewhere in Europe like Germany, but I really, really like how beautiful Central America is. I like the scenery and I like the people and the culture. Mm-hmm. So last year you were in El Salvador for a week working directly with children. What kind of hands-on things were you guys doing? We had programs every day. We did three or four every day. Um, We'd go to neighborhood parks. We'd go sometimes just in the middle of the street in neighborhoods and also schools. We'd go door-to-door at people's houses, and we'd just tell them that we're doing a program in 10 minutes or so down the street at the park and to bring your kids. And they would actually come. Like, they were just so trusting. They're like, okay, this sounds cool. And so one of the locals who spoke Spanish would, you know, preach a Spanish word for the kids, and we'd play games and do interactive stuff like that. There were people dressed as clowns that would play with the kids. And we had to learn dances. And one of the days that we stayed there, it was just a training day where we just learned all the dance moves for a whole day. It was exhausting. Does that come easily for you? The dancing, does that come easily for you? I was told that I was one of the better dancers. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen you press in. I've seen you worship. I've seen you get serious up at the front. I don't know that I've seen you dance. So maybe that's coming soon. Yeah, I'm sure there will be videos after the trip. So did y'all do dramas as well? Yeah, there are dramas sometimes. I don't think I participated in many dramas, but... They did have them, and it was so cool to watch them because, you know, I would be affected, and I could only imagine, like, how much the kids were being affected and how much the parents were being affected by this powerful drama. And a lot of the time they wanted us to pray during the dramas and Mm -hmm. not, like, pay attention and not distract the kids. But it's, like, they were just so powerful. You told me that while you were there, you were hoping you could spend the entire summer there. Yes. What was it about that that made you feel that way? Do you remember? I loved the people that we worked with, the locals. They were still learning English, and that was really entertaining sometimes. But they were so kind at heart and so genuine. And the scenery, like, I always thought that the way that El Salvador was, you know, there weren't a lot of buildings. There was a lot of natural trees, a lot of animals just roaming around freely. But it was still kind of, you know, it was still current. It was still modern in a way. Mm -hmm. But I felt like that was more what God intended the earth to look like and not as much like the industrialized America. And I thought that was really cool. That is fascinating. What were your accommodations like? We stayed in a dorm, and because they're called King's Castle... The dorm buildings were built like castles. Uh It was really fun. Um, There's no air conditioning in El Salvador unless it's like a really big, like government-funded building pretty much. So we just have screened-in windows and ceiling fans. It's not too bad, actually. It's got to be warm down there, right? It's really hot. Yeah. I had never felt sweat drip down my back until that week. (laughs) And you can't wait to get back. Oh, yeah. I can't even handle it in Indiana, let alone Central America, but I'll do it. So you knew you were headed back, and here you are, getting ready to go for um, six weeks. So that was El Salvador. You're starting out there this time, and then what? And then going to 
Belize, and Honduras, and Guatemala. Not sure what order. Mm-hmm. You don't know what to expect in any of those three places, probably. I have no idea. They've actually been quite secretive about the process of everything and what we're doing. And I think it's because they have a lot of really cool stuff planned that they kind of want us to be surprised so that we, I don't know, I guess they just want our genuine reactions to things. Yeah, interesting. Six weeks, so I guess we'll see you back here in August. We'll have to bring you back on for more story time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Okay, another off-the-topic subject question, I mean. You have one hair color to pick for the rest of your life. What is it? I like black. I think that black is pretty versatile in a way. I think I could do that. If you had to pick a hair color for your sister for the rest of her life, what would that be? Grace. Green. Oh, <laughs> you have, uh, we're speaking with Abigail Wilhite. She's headed with, uh, King's castle to central America for six weeks this summer, leaving June 20th. Um, I'm going to ask you in a minute about how we can be praying for you. Um, you have three siblings, yes. correct? Tell us something about each of them that we don't know that isn't going to get you in trouble. <laughs> so, Charlie's the oldest, correct? Yes. Loretta, she's you six and Grace. years older than me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. Because um, everybody loves the Wilhites. We're a pretty yeah. strange group. One time at a show at the Gear, Charlie was in the mosh pit and he got uh, the meat from his calf gashed out oh. with a broken drumstick. <laughs> Is that too graphic? That's great. <laughs> Perfect, perfect Big C, Little C podcast material. Do you remember what band? I don't. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll have to ask him about that. <laughs> Can you think of any others for any of your other siblings? Let's see. Or do you have a story about your dad that we need to hear? Hmm. I, I love telling this one. Okay. Um, when he, I got a record player for Christmas a few years back, and he was so excited to bring all of his old records out of the closet. Probably hadn't been played in at least 20 years. He pulled out every single one. They're all like classic rock albums from the late 70s, 80s. And he pulls out them one by one. And he looks at me and he goes, this one, best album ever. He lays it down, picks up another one. This one, best album (laughs) ever. And he made me listen to all of them. He played one of them. He's like, this song is so good. And I was like trying to talk to him. And he was just like, "Uh -uh, listen to this part. It's the best part. Yeah, (laughs) He was total music nerd, right? I mean... Yeah. Way into it. Yeah, I think I got yeah. that from him. Yeah. Most of you did, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like when he was running the gear, he was doing that. Um, I mean, that wasn't convenient for him, right? To live so far away and to run that thing. But he was kind of doing that as maybe a passion for music and, and a way to serve his kids. Am I, am I correct in that? Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was his way of avoiding a midlife crisis, too. Hey, that works. <laughs> so what uh, records do you remember that he pulled out that have stuck with you? Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, definitely. Yeah. Um, he really liked Joe Walsh, The Confessor. That was a big one, too. I think those are the two main ones. For those who are not watching the video channel, um, <laughs> Abigail's mom, Margie, is in studio with us. And you said earlier that um, God didn't say no. Yeah. And your mom didn't say no. Talk about her support for uh, you through this process, her trust and 
letting her daughter go out of the country for the summer and what she's meant to you. Yeah, so when I told her about the El Salvador trip last year, she was kind of surprised because I'd never shown interest in missions before. And I was like, I I just want to make sure that I'm going for the right reasons. Like, is this just because I want to visit a new country or is it because I actually want to go on missions? She's like, yeah, you should pray about it. I was like, okay. Like she had, she had no reservations about it or anything. She just like, all right. And this time around, I told her that I wanted to go for six weeks. And I think that was a little bit more scary for her because Central America is so dangerous and everything. Um, But she said, is this what you feel called to do? And I was like, I don't feel called to do anything else. Like, I really want to go. So, yeah. And she was like, well, okay then. And we've used this analogy a lot um, that I don't want to be like Jonah because he ran away from the scary places that God called him to go because they were so scary. But... I can't run away. Otherwise, I'll just get in more trouble. You mentioned it's a dangerous region of the world. When you were there last year, did you feel safe? Um, How present did the danger feel? They did a really good job of um, making sure we were safe. They always made us aware of when we needed to hold on to our belongings and our valuables. Or they always said, like, if we tell you to leave and get on the bus you get on the bus. You don't ask questions. And a lot of it was hard because there was a language barrier. So we didn't know what a lot of the people were saying. And I get home and I find out that all these kids that I became super close with, even though we couldn't talk to each other that much, I find out this little girl who taught me things in Spanish and taught me how to talk to her. And she rode the bus with us like every day. I found out that her dad was a gang member and her mom was abusive. And it was crazy because she was just the sweetest girl. So it was weird, you know, being so close to people that are related to gang members and seeing MS-13 graffiti and just knowing that stuff is right there and like hearing. We went up to a door one time to invite this person to a program and they were like blaring, you know, Spanish rap music out of their house and they would not answer the door. And, you know, this was in one of the worst places that we went to that week. But it's just a lot of the things felt really weird, but I always felt safe because the staff had been doing this for so long and I just didn't feel like I was in danger because I felt like God was there with me. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned earlier that I don't want to put words in your, your mouth, but I feel like you said it was tough for you to feel close to God. Yeah. But you do feel a call to missions, and you want to act on that. And I, that's interesting for me. I think everybody has their own thing. Everybody has their own way to, to access that place, to get to the throne room. My guess for you would have been worship. Yeah. When the doors of the church are open, you're there. Mm-hmm. You're on the front row. You press in. I don't know exactly the question I'm asking except for... That seems really important to you. Can you talk about your heart for worship and how you kind of found that lane and how you kind of grew into that? Well, I always really liked music, so that was always a way that I felt like God could really easily speak to me was through the words and songs. And even the music sometimes, I'll hear the music and the emotion and like a guitar note or something will hit me and I'll just be like, whoa, God made music like so beautiful. And... 
I mean, I remember years and years ago when I first started going to Current, Josh Rickard was leading and he just walks up to the mic and he goes, all of you need to get up here like now. (laughs) And so I was like, okay. And I was like eight, nine. And I went up there and, you know, I just kind of followed along to what I had seen other people do worshiping. And it became kind of a release and a way for me to feel like I was doing the right thing and for me to just, you know, feel like God was speaking to me. And you're certainly modeling that behavior now for the younger generation. And you're working with kids at Current. That's a powerful thing that you're already, I mean, I remember, I remember, um, I feel like, uh, was it Jonathan Overmeyer? Somebody pulled you out of Children's Church one time. I think it was you, maybe Mid Grace, to come lay hands on somebody. Yes. At the old, the, the gear um, downtown. Yes. You were, I mean, you were young, right? Like, I think uh, I was 10 then. Yeah. Hard to, I can't believe anything's that long ago. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here you are now working with youth and modeling that behavior. But even through that, you're saying it's tough for you to get close to God. And I'm actually encouraged by that. Because I think for me, a lot of guys I know, it's, it's tough to find that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, I'm encouraged by you taking action in spite of that to kind mm-hmm. of to, to find that thing that you're called to. I think we can all take a lesson from that. And so for you right now, it's missions. It's working with kids. Those things are, are tying together, both through the fundraising and now you're, you're traveling to go work through kids. What do you think or hope? Well, two-part question. What did God do in your heart last year during that week? What are you preparing your heart for God to do this year? Well, I remember the day before we left to go back to America, while we were in El Salvador, they had a farewell service for us. And I cried so much that day because I did not want to leave. I didn't want to leave my new friends that I had made. I didn't want to stop doing this ministry because I felt like it was just like, I was called to do it. Like, I just felt like I couldn't leave. And, but I was still afraid to use the word called because I didn't hear God in like this loud and clear voice, like saying, you're called to do this. You know, I just knew emotionally it was hard for me to leave. And during the farewell service, they asked if anyone on our team felt called to missions. And, Me and a couple other people went up, and that was big for me because I always felt weird going against, like, what my friends did, you know? If I did something that would make me stand out, that made me nervous. But I did it because I felt like I couldn't not do it. And they prayed for us and everything. And then afterwards, we were on, like, a gym floor. Like, we were in a gym. And so there were lines all over the floor for, like, playing basketball or something, And so they were done praying for us after we stood up to say we were called. We were standing right behind a basketball line, and they told us just as a symbol of surrender to God and, like, you know, stepping into missions, they told us to step past that basketball line. Mm. And that was one of the most strangely powerful things I'd ever experienced. Mm -hmm. was like, wow, I'm knee-deep into this essentially now. (laughs) That's awesome. We should probably stop people will be praying for you the church needs to be praying for you um we're recording this on a sunday night after the gathering gene said tonight you're trying to get away from your sister (laughs) Uh, you will miss your sister grace while you're gone correct yes i will 
she's the only person that like gets my silly jokes. So that'll be weird having no one understand my weird jokes. Well, hurry back, but don't hurry back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how should we be praying for you? Uh, what do you want the, the current family to know while you're gone? Um, I want people to pray for my spiritual growth and the kids' spiritual growth and pray that they help advance the kingdom and just pray that, you know, miraculous things happen and that we can all hear God's voice clearer. And I want to say thank you to everyone at Current because without them, I wouldn't have been able to go. They've been my biggest, you know, donors and fundraising and everything. And they've also just been my biggest supporters in general. They've all asked me questions and been very interested in my trip. And I'm very thankful for that. Will you come back and tell stories when you get back? I really want to tell stories. I'm sure I'll have way too many. But yeah, when I get back, July 31st. July, okay, July 31st. It's uh, Abigail Wilhite. She's headed to Central America for the summer, six weeks, starting out at El Salvador, then going to Belize, Guatemala, and Honduras. Thanks so much. Thank you. listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.